Get incentives to install an energy management system to help your business save. You'll help the power grid and you'll be an energy hero. Find out about money-saving programs for your business at sdge.com slash save the day. Hi there, it's Shelly Wade. Welcome to episode five of my All the Rage with Shelly Wade podcast on iHeartRadio. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I really appreciate you. This episode, I'm going to reveal a medical diagnosis I received this past summer. I haven't talked about it publicly yet, but uh, I'm going to talk about it today inside this episode. And my good friend, Dr. Ian Smith who you've seen on Good Morning America, The Rachel Ray Show, and countless other shows over the years, is going to join me on the episode and give me advice on how I can lead a healthy life even with this diagnosis. Before we talk to Ian, though, I want to remind you to remind all of your family, friends, and followers to check out the podcast and to subscribe and follow because, as I keep saying, the success of a podcast is determined by how many subscribers you have. So do me the favor of helping me get subscribers. Just open up the iHeartRadio app or go to iHeartRadio.com and under the podcast tab, search for All the Rage with Shelly Wade and you got me. But yeah, my good friend Ian Smith is on the line. Um, I met Ian years ago in NYC in the early 2000s and we've been friends ever since. And Ian, a lot of people see you on TV. You know, you were just on Rachel Ray this week, just on Good Morning America, but a lot of people don't know how you got your start. Um, How did it come about you became, because you are really a doctor. It's not just a title. You really are a doctor. So how did it come about you uh, became a doctor? How did you know that you had that interest and when did you um, decide you wanted to be a doctor? And then when did you decide you wanted to um, become um, a TV personality? Well, I knew since I was a little boy that I wanted to be a physician. That was a foregone conclusion when I was nine years old. And I'd always had a curiosity in science and biology and dissecting things. I was that typical kind of kid mm-hmm. who, you know, dreamed of being a doctor. Um, but what really happened was when I, I also, as I got older, I loved news. So I was a news junkie. And um, basically when I was in medical school, um, I used to watch uh, a news program every morning before going to class. And um, I thought, wow, it must be really interesting to see how news is made. I never imagined myself being on TV, but I thought that the process of making news and packaging it would be interesting to learn. And I happened to be at a dinner one night as a med student uh, with my girlfriend at the time, who's now my my wife. Mm -hmm. And I met the anchor who actually anchored the morning news program that I watched before going to med school class every morning. And just out of the blue, I just, yeah, I just extemporaneously said to him, Hey, I'd like to be your intern. Oh, wow. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, just out of the blue. And the guy unbelievably said, sure, no problem. <laughs> Come on down to the station. This is back in the day when there was no security and stuff. Come to the station early in the morning. Any any day I'm on air and just tell my I told you to come by. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so I did this amazing internship, which was not a medical internship. It was just a straight reporter internship. Um, at that time, sorry to interrupt and, you, but at that time, did you realize that you could parlay your medical experience into TV? Did you realize that? No. Okay. No way. Okay. No way. I was just doing it really because I loved the news, and I I was intrigued by how they did it, and um, and that was really it. I mean, I didn't have any kind of, you know, I wish I could say I had some kind of master plan, um, you know, uh, about becoming a medical reporter, but I just didn't. 
And it wasn't until after I finished my internship and um, I had actually gone on to start training in New York in orthopedic surgery that my mentor, the guy who I interned for, really convinced me one fall to go in to do news. He said, you can, do, you can be on air. I was like, are you crazy? He's like, no, you can be on TV. And I was like, I've never been on TV before. He said, yeah, but you work with me and blah, blah, blah. And long story short, I actually got on TV. And um, I got my first gig at WNBC in New York, and my TV career began. And that's listen, that's where I met you. When, when, when I met you, you were a medical reporter on NBC in New York City. I cannot believe that was your first TV gig. How the heck did you make that happen, New York City being your first TV? They tell people that you have to start way at some low, lower market, but you started your career in New York City. That's crazy. Can I tell you something? They say sometimes ignorance is bliss. Mm-hmm. And in a good way, in a good way, I didn't know how difficult that was. I didn't know how exceptional, rare it was for me to have a first gig in New York City. So not knowing those things, there was no kind of intimidating factor. There was no kind of, you know, oh, my goodness, I can't believe this is happening. I just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. This is it. This is This is fun. And I just went and did it. And then also, Ian, hang on, sorry. Also, there was nothing in your head because you, like you said, ignorance is bliss. There was nothing in your head that said, I can't do this. Nothing. Everything pointed to, oh, this is pretty cool. I'm going to try. And and it worked. I mean, it really worked. And then I went to Network, the Today Show, and Katie Kirk was the first one who called me Dr. Ian, which is how I got my, you know, my TV name, Dr. Ian. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One morning, Katie just said, Dr. Ian, and that was it. Wow. You know, Ian, this is crazy. Like, you just happen to be all good-looking for TV. You just happen to, like, be really good, have a lot of personality on screen. (laughs) And it just all worked out so perfectly. It doesn't happen like that for everybody. Well, well, you know, sometimes sometimes the best plans are no plans. <laughs> you know what I mean? Very so, uh, cool. So that's how I got started. Yeah. And then I started writing for Time Magazine. I had a column in Time Magazine, the New York Daily News, and then my medical career, my medical journalistic career mm-hmm. kind of took over and I started writing all these books. Yeah. And, you know, I have to say it's good having a, a doctor as a friend so I can come to you with <laughs> with concerns and, and such. So, um, you know, I've never talked about this uh, previously, but this past summer, it's not something I've been trying to keep secret. It's just I just haven't talked about it. But this past summer, I was uh, do- diagnosed with having a hiatal hernia in my esophagus. And I guess in passing, I had heard of hiatal hernias, but it's not something that just stuck with me or anything. And so when I went in, you know what? The reason I went in uh, in the first place was because I kept throwing up, you know, not constantly, Uh but it Uh was a problem. It was so much of a problem. At first, I was just like, yeah, you know, this is something maybe I just slept wrong or this or that. And my mom was actually, I guess I could say my mom was my advocate because she kept bringing it up to me. She kept saying, Shelly, when are you going to get this checked? When are you going to get this checked? And I don't, if she weren't my advocate like that, I wouldn't have gotten it checked. And so she was, she stayed on me so much that I went ahead and got um, checked on it. And they, you know, did, um, I went to, um, what's the uh, specialist? I can't think of, gastroenterologist. Yeah. I went to a gastroenterologist yeah. and they, you know, ran some tests, did the x rays, and that's when they came back with, you have a hiatal hernia in your esophagus. I'm like, what the, what? So, yeah. Ian, 
they have told me, and I shared this with you, you know, you know how much I love to eat. It is a constant struggle mm-hmm. for me. I love, and, and the thing is, is, I love to eat everything that's, you know, that's indulgent, you know, chocolate and, sure. and things like that. And all the things that I love to eat, they're telling me that I probably shouldn't be eating. Um, and so they're saying, Shelly, um, have small meals multiple times a day. That's not a problem. I do that right. anyway. Avoid smoking. Right. Not a problem because I don't smoke. Avoid right. coffee. Not a problem because I don't drink coffee. I drink tea occasionally. I like tea, but they're saying avoid that too. Avoid carbonated drinks. Now, Ian, I love to drink um, sparkling water. Uh, and so that sure. is a struggle for me to avoid that. Um, they said with or without caffeine. Avoid fatty, fried, spicy foods. Avoid mint, chocolate. The chocoholic that I am, that is really like blasphemous for me. And they're saying avoid tomatoes. You know, Avoid alcohol. I love me a good cocktail. So, Ian, how can sure. I live a really fun life and avoid all, all the stuff I enjoy. Can you give me advice on, on, you know, how I can go on to lead a healthy life, but still enjoy my food? Well, first of all, they're saying to avoid. And what they're saying is that you, they're not saying totally eliminate it. What they're really saying is that in these kind of cases, you have to decide what is actually triggering a a reaction or, or exacerbating or irritating your condition. And so, for some people, they can have a moderate amount or a small amount of alcohol. Mm-hmm. They may be able to have, you know, some fatty foods. It really is a trial and error. There's not one thing for everyone. They're giving you large instructions of these are foods that can be typical triggers, but you may find that they don't cause triggers for you, and you may respond accordingly. Basically, um, this hiatal hernia, basically, is your stomach, is protruding through the muscle that separates your chest from your abdomen. That muscle is called the diaphragm. It's your breathing muscle. Okay. And basically what happens is because that, that your stomach is poking through a little hole in your diaphragm, it's now, the, the top part of your stomach is now inside of your chest cavity. And that's why you're having these symptoms. And so basically you have reflux disease. Okay. Heartburn is what you know, a layperson would call yeah, it. Yeah, I do. And, and if, if my heartburn is yeah. bad enough, it makes me throw up. Yeah. Yes, yes. So basically what they're, give, the, what they're giving you for instructions is what you would give a patient who has heartburn. You would say avoid fried fatty food, avoid spicy foods, caffeine, alcohol. Don't eat large meals because your stomach is somewhat compromised, you know, and so the food will back up. So it's, you know, it's the same kind of instruction you give to someone who has heartburn. But once again, these instructions are to be taken according to how your body responds. Everyone doesn't respond the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I want to, you know, listen, Ian, you know, you really do have to decide, okay, do you want to be healthy, right? And I'm generally healthy, but this is an issue for me, and, and it's more important for me to to be healthy than to say, oh, my God, I have to have this cocktail. So, you sure. know, how would you suggest I go about, you know, um, I guess what advice would you give me? I w- the advice I would give you is to try a little bit of everything and see how your body responds to it because you are the one who's going to have to create the algorithm of what works and what doesn't work. Doctors will say to you that research says that you should avoid these types of foods, but you may be someone who can have them in mild or moderate amounts. Mm-hmm. We don't know. And so my advice to you is to do a trial and error and figure out what that is for you, what the ac- acceptable load is or the threshold is for you, mm-hmm. and then – Live your life. I don't think you need to avoid everything on that list. 
I think you need to figure out how much of it you can have or how much maybe some things you may not be able to have at all. Yeah. But there are probably some things you can still have. Okay, got it. That you know, that's I really love that advice to tell you the truth because it really was depressing me that I have to give up everything that I love. But you're right; there are some things because of that list. Maybe I've had some of that stuff and I didn't throw up. So, what you're saying makes total sense. And let me tell you something: there are two hundred, about two hundred thousand new cases of hiatal hernias, you know, every year in the U.S. And I can tell you something else: a lot of people have them and don't even know that they have them. So there are different degrees of hiatal hernia. So mm-hmm. no two people are the same. And, you know, you have to see what works and what doesn't work for you. But the idea of foregoing all those things for your life, your mm-hmm. entire life, would be a pretty boring life, I got to tell you. I know. And that's what I was thinking. I was like, I'd like to lead an exciting life. This is going to be way too boring for me as much of a, especially because I'm such a foodie, you know? So, okay. Okay. Well, this sounds good. I like this advice you gave I think me. It's, I, I think it's manageable, you know, like I said, make your own algorithm. Okay. You know what to avoid or what you can have in, 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 in moderation, and you'll be fine. Yeah, you know, not, I actually one of my first, first questions for the doctor was, you know, how can I get this repaired? And they actually advise against surgery because um, I, I guess because it, you run a higher risk of, um, of it coming back or rupturing or something like that. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, typically... Most people don't require surgery, Mm -hmm. and if you can avoid surgery, by all means, you avoid surgery. And I like that doctors are more conservative and telling people to avoid surgery if they can. Mm -hmm. I I think that's very appropriate. Um, But in in some cases, in really severe cases, where the stomach has completely protruded through from the abdomen into the chest or Mm -hmm. the thorax, Mm -hmm. when a large portion has done that, in those cases, they typically require some type of surgical repair. Yeah. So this is just something I'm going to have to live with my the, for the rest of my life. It's, wow, it's interesting. You're, let me tell you something. Lots of people have it. Believe mm-hmm. me. Lots, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, have some degree of hiatal hernias. And a lot don't, a lot don't know they have it. And those mm-hmm. who do know, they're able to to moderate how they eat and drink so it doesn't affect it. Okay, got it. And I'm going to go about that journey with your advice, Ian. By the way, you guys, Ian, um, he he literally just got off a flight from New York City. Um, and he's talk- you're talking to me on the way home, right? Yes, I'm on the way home. I was doing Rachel Ray. I did a segment today on uh, sedentary lifestyle and, and what physical or medical impact uh, happens to you when you're sedentary, how mm-hmm. it affects your heart, how mm-hmm. it affects your, your, your lower back and mm-hmm. your posture. So, uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool segment. Yeah. And so I appreciate you cause I'm sure you're pretty exhausted after the flight. So I appreciate you uh, taking the time to call me on your, your ride home. Ian, um, what uh, info do you want the listeners of my podcast to hear about you? You know, where to follow you or what new book? Cause you always have a new book out, <laughs> what books you have out, yeah. all of that stuff. Well, the most recent health book I have is a book called The Clean 20, 20 Foods, 20 Days, Total Transformation. So uh, people should check that out. We have a Facebook Facebook group called uh, The Clean 20, the numerals two zero. So check that out. But also my Instagram is at Dr. Ian Smith. Spell the doctor out, I-A-N Smith. And my Twitter is Dr. D-R-I-A-N Smith. If you have questions or you want to know what's going on, just follow me. And next time I come on, maybe I'll talk about my new novel that just came out. I didn't know you had a new novel. What is it called? Yeah. It's called The Ancient Nine, and it's based on my experiences in one of Harvard's elite secret societies, a final club. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, you guys, um, Ian went to Harvard, excuse me. Actually, one of the pictures I posted when I was promoting the fact that you were going to be on the podcast, Ian, I posted a picture of you and I at, at dinner, and you had your Harvard uh, shirt on. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so next time I come on, I'm going to talk about that because it's, it's a great mystery. It's a thriller, and uh, it's the first time someone's written extensively about these secret societies. So. Uh, we have a great contest. So when I come on again, we'll talk about the ancient nine. Sounds good. Dr. Ian Smith, thank you so much. Get some rest. All right, Shell. Thanks so much. much. Much love to you. Take care. Thanks, Ian. Bye-bye. And there you have it. The medical diagnosis I received this past summer, but only am just now speaking about publicly, a hiatal hernia in my esophagus. Never would have thunk it, but um, as Dr. Ian said, I can go on and lead a healthy life uh, and still not be deprived of all of the things I love to eat and drink, Um, you know, by doing things in moderation and uh, figuring out what works best for me. So listen, thank you so much for checking out all of this week's episodes of the All the Rage with Shelly Wade podcast. Monday's episode is going to be dedicated to my dad. If you didn't know already, my dad passed away a year ago this coming Monday and um, I will talk about my experiences this past year trying to figure out who I am on this earth with my dad no longer being here it's my family's first um, loss within our immediate family and we've all just been trying to figure out our new normal so I will talk about my experience this uh, this last year just trying to figure my new normal out and I've been going to therapy and I'll share all of that podcast dedicated to my dad this coming Monday on the one year anniversary of his passing. May he rest in peace. So be sure you're tuned in. Open up your iHeartRadio app or go to iHeartRadio.com and under podcasts, search for All the Rage with Shelly Wade and listen. And if you haven't already, please do subscribe and follow and spread the word. All the Rage with Shelly Wade. Thanks for listening. Sign up for SDG&E's Smart Thermostat program. Your business will save money by helping the power grid, and you'll be an energy hero. Find out about money-saving programs for your business at sdge.com slash save the day.